0: Live
1: and on lockdown. Are you ready? ready? Broadcasting from Edinburgh, Scotland and across
0: the globe. Listen here. You're listening to Ramsey Unleashed. Going beyond borders podcast. The host, Fraser Ramsey. Hey, this is Afia Lethem, creator of the Frame Your Day app, helping you walk out every day in victory. I'm proud to be a sponsor of Ramsey Unleashed. Going Beyond Borders. Hi, this is Zakia Ringgold from com. proud sponsors of the Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders podcast.
1: And good day, wherever you're watching from, whether you're listening on the podcast uh, audio or you're maybe watching as we're live streaming via Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. This is another episode of the Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders podcast coming to you from Edinburgh, Scotland. And my guest uh, is basically Nevada Morgan. Uh so we're about to talk about trauma, talking about her life and trauma, We're we're going to be we've juggled this podcast a little it's been a bit of a juggle guest wise. It's been a bit interesting. This yes. this, this it would have been somebody else, but it's gonna be it's hard to explain, but hey, we have a guest, that's the main thing. Um so we're talking about trauma and we're talking about uh, what Nevada has been through and what she we're gonna talk about, what she does now, and also uh, just uh, why and just yeah, everything she's been through. So, welcome Nevada to the Ramsey unleashed going beyond borders podcast. How are you? Doing?
0: Thank you. I'm doing well. And yourself?
1: Yes. It's uh, yeah. It's kind of warm. It's weird weather here we're having. It's kind of humid, and it's so it's good. It's all, uh, it's kind of bizarre, but not as hot as America. But it's uh, good. So <laughs> it's not too shabby. Uh, but anyway, tell us. Um, I'm guessing this is your first Pubble podcast in Scotland. I'm guessing you've been on.
0: Yes, it is. It is. It definitely is. Have you done
1: many podcasts before?
0: Well, I have my own podcast on Spotify. What comes up comes out, but it's audio. So it's definitely my first interviewed podcast.
1: Via video, obviously, purpose. Via video. Yes, it is. We've christened uh, christened that one off. Take that one off the list. yeah. I will say the bucket list, but you're not going to die yet. So.
0: Right. No, no, no. <laughs> Add it to the life experience. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That'd be that one. So anyway, um, let's dive in. We're talking about trauma. So we're talking about your, you've been through some serious traumas in your life. But we're going to yes. di- dissect that, and you're going to dissect it, so obviously from the, basically your early age. Uh, we had a brief chat, obviously, offline before we went live, uh, and you're going to tell us, well, Tell us about your life. Tell us uh, where you were born, where you were brought up, and obviously where when the trauma kind of started, and go and go for it.
0: righty. So my name is Nevada Morgan. I'm 37 years old, and for me, I was born in Cincinnati, Ohio. I cannot say that I'm from a particular neighborhood, so we moved around a lot when I was a child. And my mother had us very young. My brother, all my siblings, she had my brother when she was 13, me when she was like 18 or 17, turning 18, and so on. So she was a young mother. And I understand those struggles now that I am a mother. But throughout our life, we had some babysitters and things of that nature, And my cousins used to babysit us, male cousins. And at the age of five years old, I was raped by my older cousin and his brother. So it went on for a period of two to five years, I would say, before my mother found out about it. So I dealt with a lot of identity. I used to live in a really imaginary world because I needed a place to escape. And I used to hold this secret so deep down inside that I didn't want anybody to know. And now as an adult, I think back on what I used to do. I used to be like very tedious about things, very cleanly because I did not want anybody to know this secret. So I was hyper paranoid you know um, because I thought I was in trouble because when you when
1: did your mother find out how did that sort of come to light
0: so I remember because my cousin made my brother watch my oldest brother watch one time right and he threatened him that he would um, kill him if he ever told but my brother was brave enough to, to tell so he told my cousin's one of my female cousin's boyfriend, they were playing a video game in his room one day. And I had this feeling of doom come over me. Like I knew that he was telling, and I was up in my room playing. So he went downstairs, the boyfriend, and told my cousin and my mom. And I just heard a weird sound come from my mom. And she gathered herself and called me downstairs. And after that, she, she did comfort me, let me know it was not my fault. Um, I was whisked off to the hospital. Then I started counseling. And um, a little bit of what I can remember is being at court, hearing my dad cry, um, a cry that I never heard before. And those family members moved away.
1: So, what did they obviously court? Did they get jail or anything? Any punishment or what? Oh,
0: yes. So, um, the cousin went to Hillcrest. So, here in Cincinnati, like another juvenile center is called Hillcrest, where they have a reformatory for young kids. He wasn't tried as an adult, and he was maybe 12 or 13. Right. Um, and later on in my life, as I am now, and I don't want to jump ahead, I've gained clarity on that. And I've actually walked through forgiveness and I've spoken with them and got clarity on the timeline and um, what actually happened from their part of the story. Um, so I don't know if you want me to tell that now or how you. Right,
1: well, you can, uh, we can come come back to that. We can dissect that. Yeah. We'll- we will come into that obviously because that's a gene that's that is a big step to to obviously to tip later on to confront them face to face and to deal mm-hmm. with that that's not an easy step to make and we can come to that so so while you obviously once they how old were you when so how how old you when this sort of they, they were at court and how old were you but six seven probably
0: maybe I, Yeah, yeah had to be I would safe to say seven or eight years old. And I went through a big period of embarrassment. Like, I felt embarrassed. I felt angry. I felt that a lot of people were looking at me and the family because yeah. this big secret had come to light. Okay. And I remember for a while there, like, I was afraid of my, my dad because mm. my mom and my father were not married at the time. So I would see my dad on the weekends. And I remember just being kind of afraid. Um, of men there for a while. And for, I just, it did something to my mind mentally um, because I had a distorted thought process because of all these emotions that I held inside. And then they finally came out and I used to live in a fantasy world. So I used to struggle with is this real? Is this really happening? You know, what am I feeling? Um, is this person going to know? So I dealt with a lot of that shame and just, just the fear for a, a major part of my life um, going into my, I would say adolescence and early teenage years.
1: And then when, so when the process being, you, you did, I you briefly, you mentioned it uh, in, Before offline, that you're you're saying you're a bit of a nomad, you were just all just you. Nobody, we moved
0: around a lot. So so. I never developed a sense of home. Right. Um, What areas
1: did you move around to stay? So
0: we lived in Winton Terrace, Moosewood, um, Everston, uh marymont lebanon mason is uh, where
1: where where are they all based about
0: so they're they're far from each other. they were far enough from each other to where we had to switch schools every time my mother moved, so I never gained a sense of um home or like gain a steady set of friends. I always had like new friends and a new adjustment period to get adjusted to. Okay, so that in itself created some What's, uncertainty.
1: Just go, what state are these places? So what is that just a part of New York? Or what part of America are they in? They, they,
0: they, okay,
1: they, they, so these I live in Ohio. Okay, yes, that's what I was trying to gauge you. So they're obviously places, but where they're where are they based, on? it was so Ohio. That's good. That, that was, that's
0: So good. all in Ohio, but we have like little uh, suburbs and towns in Ohio. So literally north, east, south, and west. So we oh, yeah. lived uh, south of the city a lot of the time, which the south and, um, how would I say this? Um, more in the west side areas, you have more of inner city. So we Can lived I in a it? lot of the inner city for a lot of the younger portions of my life. And then we moved north, which was the suburban area, uh, better opportunities, better schools, and right. that's when I went to Mason, Lebanon, and Marymont, and then ultimately okay. I graduated from Princeton High School, which is in Springdale, which is another suburban area of Cincinnati.
1: Did you find it easy because you're moving around? You probably difficult to sort of kind of get a group of friends. Did you make many friends, or did you kind of difficult to kind of? So I've got a a stability of friends because you're moving around so often.
0: So I had a couple of girlfriends that I kept in contact with throughout those moving periods. I did, I I never met a stranger, so it was easy for me to kind of fit in. But still in the back of my mind, I always wanted to know, like, is this person what do they want to gain from me? Like I had a, a tough time just getting a steady set of friends. It was always like a more so of a associate type thing. When I seen them, we were fine, but it was never anything super solid.
1: Okay. Go ahead. So obviously when you finish, when did you finish school or finish your education?
0: So I graduated in 2004 from high school. Okay, I took a year off. And then I went into nursing school mm-hmm. and I graduated in 2007. Um, and I got married in 2005. So I got, yeah, I got married pretty young. So I got married at 20 years old. So it's going Very on with my husband and I, 17th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you.
1: I did. Uh, so, it's great it's great passing great graduate going through nursing you know, nursing is I mean i've done nursing before as in i was a nursing nurse's assistant i've been been down that road in the hospital so uh so I know what it's like to you get your hands dirty <laughs> yeah literally literally, <laughs> literally yes i uh, started off actually started off as the, as a domestic in in the hospital cleaning the hospital. And then I went into theaters, flooring for scrub nurses and uh, that kind of thing. So you, and then I went into the wards, and yes, you're in the thick of it to say the least um, when it comes to in the hospital. So, uh, but yeah, so being studying nursing and then obviously mar- marrying your uh, young, technically, how did you deal being married, and how did that, how did the trauma still affect you from what happened when you're younger, but to, in, into your, did it affect you into your married life, especially if you I mean. Especially having kids and things, everyone's start a family. How did that affect you in any way?
0: Oh, definitely. So I'm going to back up one step because once sure. again, I, I was raped by a friend, um, a friend's friend Okay. Um, at 18 years old. So the trauma did affect my marriage because one thing I knew, I, I knew that I wanted to be married all my life. Right. I I knew that I wanted to be married. I knew that I wanted a family, but I wanted to do it the right way, because from my faith, you know, you believe in having children within wedlock, which means, you know, being married and then having children. And I wanted somebody that I can love and they can love me unapologetically. So the concept of marriage is what I had. And remember me saying about this fantasy world that I used to create. I used to have like a a imaginary friend because I would escape from what was really going on. And then this world that I wanted to happen. So I went into marriage with unrealistic thought process of husband, wife, children, you go to work, you come home, you combine resources, you know, those things like that. But deep down inside, I didn't know how to be married. I really still had a deep hatred for men that I didn't know about that I took out on my husband and I married such a great guy. So not until developing myself and noticing patterns in myself and a feeling of something's not right, that I still needed some healing and some healing still needed to happen. Um, Did it really not change, seriously, until I would say the last three to four years have I really, um, really pulled that scab off and got to the root of the problem? Of the trauma and the unforgiveness, the bitterness, the resentment. Um, not until then did I start to realize that I was a very controlling person. I wanted to control everything, even down to what my children wore. Okay. Getting older.
1: In dealing with obviously, when did you start to so open up to your husband obviously i mean when you 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 told us offline you've got six six kids yeah mm-hmm. six children, so going through the trauma of rape and obviously from a younger and 8, eighteen and then marrying only two years later and having to but when it comes to actually starting a family that is right like, <laughs> you Big just part kinda, of that's a major kinda you hit road. You must have hit some serious roadblock. But obviously, when did you start to open it up to your husband and realize? Because obviously, you're taking out your frustrations, your anxieties, your the, the the what's going on out on him, and he's probably thinking, "I'm like, what, what the heck? What's going on here?" Hands up, you know, and he's getting the brunt the brunt of it. So when did you start to open up to him and realize? Explain this is what's happened in my life, and when did he start to obviously for him to help you and support you through it to where you are sort of now.
0: Well, I've always had a very supportive husband from the beginning Mm -hmm. and going into the marriage, like on his side, he had just lost his mother of cancer and he's the only child. Mm -hmm. So he was going through his own thing. And it's like when hurt people marry each other or they have issues, sometimes you're just in survival mode. So you don't even see or can even rationalize what's going on. So he knew from the beginning of uh, my childhood traumas. I didn't hide that from him at all. Okay. Um, I used to always say that I was a rape victim, but I am a rape conqueror now. Okay. So um, it's different stages. I don't think that it, it was like blipids throughout our life to where he he was always supportive because it was times where... A family member had passed away, and those cousins would come up to the um, funeral. And finally, he had like a talk with him, and he expressed his anger. And I really didn't know that I was taking my frustrations out on him because of my controlling. I I, u- I did use sex as a um, as a weapon not necessarily given freely like you, you you imagine what marriage is you know and what your faith base you can truly um be intimate with a person that you are legally married to without any spiritual repercussions right yeah. so i use that as a weapon as a tool And did not uh, give freely because biblically and what we believe in our faith, it says that, and this is me paraphrasing, that no one has power of their own body. So except for, you know, time of menstruation is how we interpret it. I did not fully, I didn't care about it, to be completely honest. I just didn't care. And our first child um he he was an inherited child i called my husband um brought him in and we obtained full custody of him and that was another struggle in in itself dealing with an extra person not the right. child itself but um the previous relationship that the child came from right got you so we were just a ball of uh, spaghetti per se we were young he was in his early 20s i think maybe 23 22 and I was 20. So we're just trying to figure this thing out together. We knew that we loved each other and we wanted to be with each other, but we were just trying to figure it out together and make it work. So we were just really in survival mode for many years of our marriage. Um, And children came and then we have a set of twins. So the family, the family uh, multiplied very quickly (laughs) when, you know, you get two in one pop.
1: So. When um, obviously we're having all these kids, uh, obviously t- when you're trying to work a full time job and nursing and nursing is challenging at the best of times. Uh, how did that? How did you get that balance at the beginning? But then, when did you kind of decide it was time with managing six kids and uh, a job? How, when did you decide to like, change on the direction that you're in after nursing?
0: Just recently, I, I just. Went through, so it really, my big wake-up moment with this last pregnancy, so I developed preeclampsia, gestational diabetes. I was hospitalized for like two and a half months. And it was during COVID, so I could not see my children. My husband did come up and see me like almost every day um, because the restrictions was so strict. So I had a lot of time to think and a lot of time. And I, I used to say, like, I've never been in trouble with the law. I don't ever want to go to jail because the hospital was luxurious jail because I could have left at any time. But then that would have came with its own set of consequences. Right. right. Um, because we could have had the baby at any time, which I have to have a C-section. I've had all C-sections um, never delivered the natural way. Wow. That so, don't
1: take us. A- I can not take a toll on your body and having a C section all the time. Yes. Not natural. What was the it reason does. why you what was the reason why you couldn't do natural
0: birth? So uh failure to progress. I just learned that I have a narrow pelvis. Right. So my first baby was eight pounds, twelve ounces. I was in labor thirty-nine hours with her. <laughs> yeah.
1: Thirty-nine hours.
0: Wow. Thirty-nine hours with her. But you were
1: glad when that when that so finally woo-hoo.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely happy when that was over. So with my with my twins, it was a little different of a story because um, I just scheduled the C-section and I walked in the hospital and it was uh, medication and that's, that was that. So it, it was a big thing with us because you're in survival mode because you're raising children, you're working. Like you said, nursing takes a lot of mental stress from you. So I I knew I had this. Um, something's not right. Like I'm not getting this life thing quite right. But I'm an awesome nurse, right? I policy and procedure. I'm great taking care of people. So I married my job. Technically, you know, I, I worked whenever they asked because I needed praise. I needed validation. I needed all this pat on the back. So. Then that's another thing that was another strike at my marriage because I lived, eat, breathe nursing and mm-hmm. not realizing that it was just a little small portion of my life. So when I was in the hospital on bed rest, and I'm just like, a job can literally kill me, they don't care about me. The needs of my family. They're not sending a casserole. They're just going to replace me just like that if something happens to me. So I developed and became and went on this journey to be the best version of me that I could be. So um, intermittently throughout my adulthood, I was going through counseling because I knew that I had childhood traumas and things of that nature. But I never gained a great toolbox to utilize, to get me through the necessary steps of fully forgiveness, um, dealing with those roots. So I would stop, counseling, start, counseling, stop, start, stop, start. So I got tired of that. It's, I'm a person that notices patterns. Enough is enough. Got tired of it. In the hospital, I'll be rest and just start developing a sense of a deeper self-awareness. And then after I had the baby, I really kind of hit the ground running on focusing on myself, my mental, um, my husband, my marriage and my family and went from there.
1: Let's talk about your, you said you got faith. Um, what, I mean, talk about your faith and how, when did you start? When did that sub- in, come into your life, be a part of your life?
0: So I always knew that there was a God. Mm -hmm. And my, my mother grandparents would take me to church, but then I just started to experience him for myself and want him to show me who he is to me. And throughout situations in life, I would say, you know, Lord, I need you like through prayer and just like reading the Bible and getting to know who he is and then who he was in my life. And, you know, you have a prayer and then the prayers answer. You have another prayer. And then the other prayers answer. Um, I, I, I released my anger from God because I used to be very angry at him for allowing that to happen to me, rape right, okay. to happen to me. And I forgave that. And I, and I realized that this happened to me so I can help other women that or men that this has happened to. And deeper down, to know that my story will free other people, and know that you can become a very whole person out of brokenness. There's light at the end of the tunnel. So I, I just really hold on to that because when it's nothing else, when every else, everything else is failing around you, God never changes. He never changes. He's consistent um he doesn't change his address he's always in the same place and he's always there for you so regardless of people saying oh there's not a god he's not real this this, that and the other for me i know he's real and it's great to say like okay well this is always the same so i'm going to hold on to this and it's nothing that anybody can tell me differently about this
1: let's go cool. let's um let's go into your new you decided to be you to give up nursing, a uh, new career. So, when you you're, I'm guessing, while you were in hospital during COVID recovering, that was one of the decisions you came to regarding giving up nursing because obviously you're married to the job and it was affecting, well, your, your marriage and everything else. It was that you had to kind of call it a day. So, when, at what point did you say, say, right, what am I going to do next? And when did you decide what ideas were you coming up with uh, regarding where to go next in career?
0: Well, and the clear is not always clear. I always make a vision board, but uh, I'll take a step back. First, I decided to not be married to a job, um, like be on staff anywhere. So my husband for many years uh, was like, you should go agency. So agency here is like a temporary service or to where you're, you go to different facilities um, that will have a need. So I at times, deal with anxiety So and remember the controllingness. So I never wanted to do that. I wanted to know what floor I'm going to be on, who I'm dealing with, this, this, that. I needed to know. Everything was always calculated for me. So my first step was letting that go. So I went agency, and I think I worked agency after my baby once I actually went back to work, maybe for a year. And I'm like, hey... I kinda like this. This is this is this is good because I don't have to deal with any of the politics. I come in and do what I need to do. Um, I'm not even gonna deal with this. And another thing that I don't wanna leave out because we're talking about um what led me to where I'm at now. So I went through a big stint of life coaching through who is now my boss now, Precious S. Carter. And she helped me get clear on my vision mm-hmm. and boundaries and helped me realize the roots of a lot of my problems that I dealt with. So gaining clarity and developing a for real plan on my life and releasing the fear and starting affirmations and I, being positive and desiring to always be positive no matter what. Like nobody cannot make me be negative unless I choose to be negative you know, not letting people control my emotions. So I decided, you know, I'm, I'm still going to keep my nursing license still active. If I choose to want to practice in nursing at some point, I still do. I do it in the way that I want to at my own discretion. But Precious as Carter, who you'll have on your show. She's just the most like loving person, um, uh, Respects people, um, a beautiful boss to work under, right? So I believe in her, um, in her vision, and what sh- what her mission in life is, right? So I'm practicing only quality people, and right. aligning myself and putting myself in the right circles of people, and people that will continue to unite your fire. I
1: can agree with you when it comes to politics in the in the hospital. When I worked there, there's a that's why partly why I left because there's just too many politics, and it's kind of I was doing nurse bank, which is like agency in a sense, but the yeah, it's the, nobody know when when they make a decision, and they. And they make other decisions and they just like go what <laughs> so it's basically you can yeah there's lots of politics in the hospital and you got to see you just got fed up and it's probably why a lot of people do leave the hospital nursing in somewhere the medical profession because there's too many chiefs and not enough indians basically and that's the problem mm-hmm. and that's the reason yeah. why the people who want to work and do the job because they enjoy it the it's the upper just it's the it's the upper management it just destroys people. Hence, why people leave and they wonder why they've got no no nurses, no staff. Say, so, right. well, have have more Indians on the floor and have less chiefs, and you'll you're more likely to have a more productive medical system, uh, whether it's wherever you are in the world. Because too busy, too many managers, and they don't know half of them don't really know understand the hands on care that the nurses or doctors do on a regular basis. And that's the problem. That's the problem. But anyway. That's not our (laughs) story.
0: And and that's the thing. And that's why I chose to this job because being a manager, I've been one many a time or supervisor, you have to get in the trenches with your workers. That for me constitutes a great manager. That's one of the qualities. Someone that's going to get in the trenches with you, whether they got on a suit or a pair of scrubs or something of that nature. And it's going to help you. Um, Someone that's going to understand and listen to you and try to provide what it is that you need to take care of the job that you have to do. Yes. But when you're not being heard on that Indian level and everybody going around doing this, doing this, when it's something clearly that you could have did and you're feeling devalued undervalued and you have all these expectations i just wasn't good at hitting that delete button at the end of the day when my husband's always like it's just a job it's just a job and i wish i developed a little bit of that mentality but i take my jobs serious because i feel like you have to have practice with a level of integrity and i I had overwhelming i was always people's favorite nurse but it's what just led me to do and work with renewed and empowered is because I have a story. I have gifts within me and it's people that I have to reach that need to hear this. And I'm not going to reach them in a facility.
1: Exactly. So when you, you've obviously just doing, you're doing agency work. So you can, which is a good thing. You can just dip in when you want just And that's mm-hmm. a good thing. So, started the coaching with the uh, precious, uh dissect that a little bit more.
0: So the coaching, I, I I learned that I dealt with a lot of deflection, blame, and shame. So she worked on unpacking that. And a lot of things people get coaching and counseling mixed up. They're two different things. Coaches Hold you accountable. You have to do your homework. You have to do the exercises and dig deep so you can actually change to gain the life that you uh, that you desire to have. And I was sick of being. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired after a situation um, in my life happened. Um, You, I kept repeating these same patterns. And, and I, I, I wanted to blame others for the result, which they say that that's insanity, doing the same thing over again, except expecting a different result. I looked insanity up in a dictionary. That's not it. But for the sake of conversation, we're going to say that, right? <laughs> so I worked with her for a extent of time. Um, I read her books. Uh, I changed and I felt good. So I felt good. I seemed like, oh, this is good. So I'm going to continue doing this. And then when she branched out into speaking, into coaching, and op- and left corporate America herself, I would always, hey, let le- let me work for you. Let me be here. So she's like, oh, no, because I, I want you to be rich. And no, no, no. She would always give me a reason. And so one night, we were hanging out with each other. And I caught, she was in her hotel and I called her down to the lobby. I said, hey, it's somebody that wants to meet you. But it's this whole lobby of people. And I had them um, online purchasing her book. So then um, I, I had the conversation with her again, like, hey, just give me a shot. Let, let I'll work my first week for free, okay? okay? And you let me know if if we can do this together. And that way it was me seeing like, is this really what you want to do? And it was her saying like, okay, am I going to do this? Cause we're really good friends. We've been doing each other for maybe 15 years or so. So, um, I just was like, I like this. This is I'm making change when I can hear someone come up and say, I needed to hear that. Like that really helped me. Um, And then I realized that I don't need the validation because when you're an executive assistant, you're behind the scenes. You're not the forefront. Right. So I need to be behind the scenes right now because I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with making some of the things happen behind there and um, giving the another person that platform but not necessarily needing that validation. So that's where I'm at right now. And I've been really focusing on my weight loss journey and really being the like epitome of health, you know, because every time I would lose like 50 pounds, i will get pregnant again, but that's never happening again. I, I, I got my tubes removed
1: here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No. so I suppose it's like like what you're saying if you you can turn up at the gym but unless you start lifting weights or working out it's never gonna you have to do that you have to take the action not just sort of look at the, look at the equipment and go i'm at the gym but what do i do so you have to actually start working out and you actually have to put the effort in so another way to which will change your body change your mindset change for health wise and etc cetera, etc cetera. so that's what you have to do so uh but let's talk about uh, your podcast you started a podcast and why what's that about tell us about it and how long have you so, been doing it for
0: so um the podcast launched this year actually we went on a girls trip my first girls trip ever in my life and um i was telling precious like man i want to do a podcast she was like why not it's easy because she has a podcast as well on um anchor and spotify and i was just like she was like nobody you just need to start doing things just just do it what was stopping you? That's always her big thing. If you ever go to her and tell her that you want to do something, her next question is like, what's stopping you? What's your vision on this? What's the boundary? So I'm real careful. I'm telling her if I don't want to be held accountable. So I said, you know what? Me and technology, we used to not be good friends, but I'm getting better at it. Okay. So I went and I. it's called what comes up because I'm the type of person that you don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. I just say <laughs> any and everything, right? Okay. <laughs> you just never know. So I just went on Anchor one day and downloaded it and started just talking about real issues in life. I introduced myself, my story, because someone has to hear it. And um, it's on a little break right now, but I actually, for my... Um, Close of the season for this year, both of my, um, I guess, what would you say, my cousins that raped me, agreed to let me interview them on my podcast because I'm I'm <laughs> yeah. at that level.
1: That um, is that is what you probably call you uh, ballsy in some way or form when <laughs> I call it <laughs> just without keeping it, it keeping it kind of plate as, <laughs> as, wow, that is some achievement and some way of taking a boulder to a brick wall, uh, or knocking down a major building <laughs> standing in front of you. That is and, and my hurt. brother's
0: words is that going up, you know, everybody always says the elephant in a room, going up to the elephant in a room and kissing it right in the mouth because <laughs> I'm just that free now that it's over, you know, it's, it's over. And I I think we're probably at a, at the time that we can, I can explain to you how that came about. Right. Um, So I've always said I forgave them. One day I was talking to my uncle because we were discussing the uh, Thanksgiving celebration that we're having this year and he mentioned my cousin's name and I had a cringy feeling come over me. And I said, oh, after I got off the phone with him, I, I, I talked to myself. I said, Nevada, mm, you got some 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 roots still left there. And I'm, I'm a gardener. Right. And uh, you can pluck a plant out. But if a little bit of that root is still there, it can spread up under the ground. It can ruin whatever you really want there. It can choke it out. And your garden can be beautiful, but if it's uh infested with um with Weed. weeds, then it's not what you, you want it to be, right? I so I went on messenger and I texted the one cousin and I said, Hey, when you get a chance, here's my telephone number, call me. Mind you, God spoke in my spirit to do that, I didn't want to do it. So I think it went like by like two to three weeks because I said, God, I did what you told me to do. If 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 not, I, I I did. I did my assignment. So did I finally get a call back one day from my cousin? And he's like, Nevada? And I'm like, yeah. He said, I did not think of my wildest imagination that this was going to be happening. So um, I said, I release you. I've told you I've forgiven you, but I totally release you on what you've done to me. And after talking to him, I found out that not only did his father used to show him porn, which is my uncle, and say, this is what you do to a girl. Um, My other cousin was molested. Um, He actually shared with his wife what he did to me. He's went through lots of counseling. Um, and he went through a journey in itself after doing what he did. Because we always look at the victim side of it, right? But yeah. we never look at the, I guess, what is it, the accuser side? Like, yeah, what nice. built that person up to doing what they did? I was interested in that. Like, what made this happen? What, what drove you to have this happen? A, you put a pubescent boy around a young girl um and they're being taught some wrong ideologies right and not taught that okay this is a family member or no means no um and it's a complete sentence like those things were not being taught and we were not being monitored and we were being left alone for too many hours at a time without adult supervision so not those- I I had him walk me through the timeline so I can gain clarity and then closure on the situation and put it to bed and never have to identify as a rape survivor, conqueror, whatever. Like, that was a part of my life that happened. But I don't have to identify with that, you know. Um, And so it really freed him um, and how he felt and the deep, cause he told me that he used to be very afraid to be alone with his daughter. Right. Cause he was afraid that that was going to happen. And they went through some really traumatic things and I used to really pray for their downfall periods of time throughout my life. When financial struggles was, uh, opposing themselves, like, um, Happening, I really wanted to extort them because one at the time um, was in the streets, you know, doing illegal activities. The other, they both had really good money to where I would have had unlimited access to it, right? right? But remember, my faith would not allow me to do that. And he actually thanked me for not doing that, he thanked me for making that call. And I actually prayed with the one cousin, you know, so it it was really and, and we actually decided that I said, this is really a book because we found out that incest and things of this nature has been in our family for a long time. And we decided to stop the generational curse, to break the generational curse with our generation, with our families. And then he actually said he sees it as a movie. So, you know, um, because things like this happen and it's covered up. The rug is covered up. Well, I can covered
1: certainly make, uh, I can connect you up with some several people if that's interested to you, especially when it comes to either writing a book or movie side, which might interest you. Uh, if that people who will, especially who have been through similar stuff, uh, and some actually similar trauma experiences like yourself, uh, uh Mm-hmm. And certainly, when it comes to a movie, I can connect you I, yeah certainly I can direct you and a couple of people basically yeah afterwards um, and you can have a you can connect in your own way and you can s- float the idea and see what happens, yeah definitely. that's what you can so, yeah, so two I'm, people I'm, I can do I'm recommend. ready
0: for that it's just it becomes a time in your life that you're ready to release the trauma. You're ready to release and let go. And I want everybody that has had any traumatic experience happen to them to know that you don't have to be in prison and identify with that for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You don't. You can let it go.
1: Exactly. Because I can hear kids in the background.
0: <laughs> they came in the house. They came in the house. Like, I'm so happy honey. I moved upstairs, right? Because that I I so they talk loud. <laughs> <can't>,
1: that's great. <laughs> I was like, thinking of this. This I can't interrupt you. Can you hear the kids.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, it's, 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 I yeah. think
0: they're excited because they're with their pawpaw paw too. You that's know, cute. they don't get to see papa. So
1: <laughs> yeah, but anyway, let's. So where do you looking at? Well, you you obviously working for precious, and uh, where do you? You've got your podcast. Where do you see yourself going now in the future? What's your self goals? Uh, what kind of things do you have planned for yourself, continuing working where you are? Uh, or what kind of stuff do you want to start? Have you got ideas that you want to build or create? Or you also mentioned you had a sort of a, a create, you plan parties and things. Tell us about that and how. Well,
0: not planning parties. No parties, have, but uh, I mean
1: <laughs> things that you I plan make, anyway.
0: I make uh, custom gifts. There we go. Um, you'll have to go to my expressive creation page to see these. I just get these ideas, and I love like unique things. That's just me. I just I'll be the person that shows up to the party with something completely awesome on, but completely different, right? And don't care, right? And just love it. There we it. go. So I knew it was other people out there that wants their gift to be like oh my God, this is the gift. This person brought it. So that's where Expressive Creations Gifted by Morgan was birthed from. Um, I always would bring something unique as a gift to a party that I was invited to. Um, And then the other thing where I see myself is fully launched into entrepreneurship, um, doing speaking engagements myself, um, and fully just really going with the flow of life not necessarily doing whatever comes up but not really um having to have each individualized thing planned i know that there's some a lot of entrepreneurship in my future but right now i'm really focused on my health mentally physically and emotionally on making sure that that's really solid um, getting to my goal weight or my ideal body type. Uh, I work with a personal trainer. We've been off for a couple of months because of recovery of my surgery. But other than that, um, I just okay. really making decisions and being okay with every decision that I make is my ultimate goal.
1: Got you. You're ready to get back into basically, straight at foot. Back, back in the horse with the personal trainer, and get just literally carry on and hit that goal mm-hmm. journey wise. Which is great. Mm-hmm. So, where can where can people connect with you if they want to connect with you regarding all your stuff that you do, podcast, that your creative little gifts? Uh, obviously anything else, just to having a chat. Maybe they've been through the same thing, they want to talk to you about it, and want to, sh- uh,
0: yeah. Definitely. Um, you can always drop me a message on Messenger. Um, through Facebook and it's Nevada Morgan, the way that they see my name spelled that's on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I just got the Instagram guys. Don't laugh at me, but mm-hmm. it's Nevada Morgan, the great. I want to say that, but you can always contact. I'm Facebook is my biggest um, one. And then what comes up comes out is my podcast on Spotify and anchor. And then okay. my expressive creation page is linked to my Facebook page. But expressive creation is spelled with a creation is spelled with k. expressive okay. expressive creation gifted by Morgan. Okay. Morgan just like Go. my last name
1: well I can connect people think I'm thinking of connecting with you is there's a AltaVise Pelzer connect, I can connect you with She did, she's a, an author does book publishing as well mm-hmm. there's a, a a person who's got the same surname is called Sevilla Morgan she's in Florida but, oh uh, wow but, her, she, but she's uh, she's not married but she's uh, our, uh, Morgan's her main name her her last name but it might be a Morgan connection to your husband uh, you never know they're in Florida Um. there's a uh, Bernie Taylor, who does a outbreak, breakthrough podcast, and breaking. So basically, it's obviously uh, about breaking uh, free, basically that kind of thing. So there's that. Uh, so there's a couple people I connect you with. Uh, for movie wise, if you're interested in hitting that road, there's a couple people for TV, well, movie. There, if you want to, there's a Tonya, year Tony Kane. She does, she's a, does movie stuff. She's got a story that she's going to be doing hers into a movie already. So certainly, there's connections I can put you in contact with. That you can definitely end,
0: definitely, hopefully
1: uh, see where that takes you in that road uh and go from there, so there's a couple few people there you can sort of sort of come to get' I'll connect you up, and you can do your thing, you know, and have a chat and take that time to have a conversation so uh but yeah, so let's. I don't know. Yeah, anything else you want to share or t- maybe tell people? I want to ask you.
0: You're just like, why do you do what you do?
1: Why do I do? Why ask? <laughs> uh there we go. Why do I do? I just enjoy interviewing people. I start. Well, I started a podcast with a friend. It was more about politics. We were very general stuff it was on pc a little bit so let's just say we uh, we uh pushed the boundaries in certain topics but anyway when it came to news but we just due to married life and life we re- rebranded and uh we yeah just to be rebranded uh i started just interviewing people and that was it so uh i just enjoy interviewing people I enjoy interviewing hearing their stories and in a day if it uh, resonates with somebody and connect i like connecting people um and I just, yeah, I just do it. It's good fun. It's, I love it. Well, a, I
0: thank you for having me uh, yeah. here, and I'm sure we'll be keeping in touch. Um,
1: well, what do you? If you give me, uh, if you send me all your links, and we'll have them in the show notes to the podcast. Uh, obviously, a photograph that I can use for the flyer. And uh, oh, the camera has gone off. Oh, there we go.
0: Yes, it did. A call tried to come through. That's why I normally do stuff like this on my laptop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there we go. we yeah, like, Never mind. Um, Just to for those, uh, you can send us your photograph uh, or a as I just like used for the, the flyer, basically that's all for the podcast. Your links, or the links for people can connect to your websites, etc. And uh, we can uh, yeah go from there. Yeah, so uh, that's it. But uh, if there's anything we missed, I'm sure uh, people can connect you with. Catch up with you, catch up you, and I'm sure, yeah. But we'll connect you with people and uh, ASAP, and you can uh, have a, a range of conversation with them and see where that awesome. takes you and go from there. Awesome. Another forward to uh, speaking to your, uh, your I was going to say, your, technically, your employers, I suppose, and you can say that, yeah. Cat- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're I'm technically your employers. Yeah, you're definitely <laughs> your employers <laughs> for a podcast. So this is going to be, it's so not be good. Yeah, it's, yeah, just people you work for if you want to, yeah, anyway. Uh, but yeah, to everyone who has been listening, watching uh, on Facebook via StreamYard, Twitch or YouTube, and also who are listening on the podcast, because we do this for audio purposes mainly, uh, even though we're doing on video, uh, which is, I think, as a, for those who are learning podcasting, um, if you are doing a video, uh, treat it like it's just audio because you never know who might be partial. somebody might be hard of hearing or partially sighted. Obviously, for uh, mainly partially sighted, you describe something if you're doing it because it helps them understand or it gives them a bit of a visual. At least they get what you're actually describing. They can have a understand what you're talking about. Always a good tip for people if you're doing a podcast, especially on, if it's on video, live streaming, just for somebody who might be wanting to watch but can't quite, has that partial vision, but it just covers all your bases. But in, in a winner. But anyway, uh, thank you, Nirvana, and uh, I'll let you. Thank you for being on. I think your sound is gone, but never mind. Oh, you st- yeah. I'm still
0: here. Can You're you still hear
1: here. Me? I got you now. I thought your sound had disappeared. But anyway, to everyone have a great uh, have a great day wherever you are, day, night, uh, morning, wherever you are in the world. And uh, till next time, this is Ramsey on the screaming borders, and uh, we'll speak to you all soon. Bye for now.
0: Thank you.